0: Welcome to the Leaders Who Care, a podcast powered by Dynamis Group. We are here to give the stage and support to those committed to create a positive and lasting impact, way beyond the profits and margins, the leaders of the world who care for others and serve a bigger purpose. Join us on the journey of creating a better, more caring world. And now to your host, Marian Tymelkov.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first The Leaders Who Care podcast. I'm honored to welcome uh, a great leader, um, someone who uh, cares from his heart, someone who is actually uh, a peacemaker coming from Northern Ireland, um, a Guinness record holder, um, a, a leader who's traveled the world for more than 140 countries, and someone who is actually touching people every day. I'm honored to have Patrick Walsh. Welcome, Patrick. How
2: are you? I'm very good, Marion. Thank you for having me on. As a leader who cares, I'm actually talking to one right now, and that's why I'm so honored to be here. So thanks for inviting me.
1: Uh, it's a it's a pleasure. I'm uh, so happy to to be our first guest and uh, to have you here. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about you, Patrick? Uh, you know, we really want to discover a little bit more of who are you and... Uh, uh, where are you from? You know, just tell us a little bit more about your, your story.
2: Yeah, I'll give you a, back, a quick quick insight into my backstory and my journey, how I got to where I am. So, as you very well said, I'm, I am from Northern Ireland. I grew up in a small village called Claddy, with a few hundred people. And I always had dreams to, to have more. And, and to have more is, of course, what everyone wants. But when I was 16, I actually tried to nail it down a little bit more and uh, make it a little bit more solid. And I asked myself two questions at that time in my life. And those questions were simply, if I could have or do any three things in the world, what would they be? And the second one was, "What what three steps do I need to take to make this a reality? Because we all want more. But sometimes we have to finalize things. And it was around this time that I realized that the biggest problem in my society at that time wasn't the bombings and the shootings and the various problems we had, but it was this victim mentality, which we had. So at 16, I said, I would never be a victim of anything. Everything that goes wrong in my life, I'm taking all the blame, but everything that happens in my good in my life, I'm going to, I'm going to take the credit, of course. So to answer the three questions that I asked the, the, as a 16-year-old boy, the most important thing that I could ever have at that stage was to have season tickets at Old Trafford watching Manchester United. The second thing was to own a Porsche before I was 30. And then the third thing was to travel in all the world. And and my big problem, Marion, was that I wasn't good at anything. I didn't shine in any way or no one ever thought I had the potential to achieve anything. Um, so I had to look at myself and go, what am, what, what am I good at? And the things I were very limited actually. The thing I was okay at was mathematics. So I thought the best I could do with that was to become a chartered accountant. And the rationale was because accountants deal with money, they must be rich. So therefore if they're rich, they're gonna be able to buy season tickets at Old Trafford and Porsches and things like that. Mm-hmm. So a very sixteen year old boy type of approach to life. And um so what I did is I started I I, I didn't go hallelujah, you know, change the Lord like praise the Lord. I'm Going to change my entire life. I simply made one change. And that change was to start to listen to the teacher and to do my homework. And I wanted to have three steps. I was going to be, I wanted to be, the time I was 18, I wanted to be top of the class at school. I wanted to be the first person from my area to go to university. And then I wanted to go to Dublin or Belfast to become an accountant. And again, I didn't make big changes, but what I did make and what I know now looking back, is that I changed my habit and my habit was to move from the back of the class slowly towards the front of the class and listen to the teacher just listen not not, not answering the questions not being like the, the nice boy in the class or anything but just listen and take it in and if I go that's forward, that,
1: that, that's interesting you know if you started to consciously kind of uh, um, make efforts to, to listen to what they say and, and this is one of the biggest issue we have today a lot of people don't actually listen they don't have attention they don't
2: That's pay a, attention. It, it's a great point because I used to teach people how to become an accountant. And I used to tell them that for you to get to deep focus, you need to pay attention for 20 minutes to get to that level. And then you can stay there for as long as you need to, depending on your brain power. But the moment you get distraction, you, you pop back up. And then it takes 20 minutes to get back to that level of attention. Um, and these days with notifications on phones and things like that, People never get to feel what what it's like to be in a level of focus or to get into a state of attention. But um, j- just to back, just to finish off the story quickly and who I am. Uh, so go forward ten years when I was twenty six. I used I was top of the class in school. I would got two degrees, and I'm now just qualified as a chartered accountant. So I climbed to the top of that ladder, and every Friday night I was getting the bus from the airport. To the, uh, from my work to the airport and flying to Manchester I had two season tickets at Old Trafford. Then um, when I was 27, I was now working for PricewaterhouseCoopers in Dublin as a tax lawyer. And I was um, driving my Porsche to the airport on a Friday night, going to the matches. And when I was 28 in May, 2007, I sold everything I had and I traveled the world. And I was, and it was during those travels, I was happy to meet some great guys from Bulgaria. Who has led me to having this conversation with you today and uh, meeting your great brother and some of your fantastic friends?
1: Amazing, uh, Patrick. Well, this is really interesting. And um, uh, w- what what about you? Tell us about what is what are you doing today? Where are you joining us from?
2: So, so, basically, today, what I'm doing? I'm living in Stockholm. I one of the journeys that I did when I was backpacking is that I traveled from um, London, I drove from London to Sydney, overland, I'll let people work that out for themselves. Um, And two days after I arrived in Sydney, I went into a backpackers bar, I'd seen these two girls, and I went over Mm -hmm. straight away, got talking to them, and it turned out one of them is from outside Stockholm. So you can fill in the rest of the story yourself. I now live in Sweden, and I'm the head of talent for effectively the city of Stockholm. And my goal is to ensure that Stockholm is the city from where we solve the, the world's next global megatrends. Sweden has been a country which has produced great innovation over the years and they have created things like Spotify, Minecraft, uh, Candy Crush and those types of entertainment sort of unicorn companies but the objective now is to create unico- to create unicorns that make an impact, unicorns that actually are contributing to the betterment of the world and solving these global megatrends. And my task is to attract people to your city from all around the world who will solve those problems in our city. And it, it's a great, it's a great um, problem to take on and it's a great problem that we need to solve as a globe. And if I can provide the platforms and foundations for global talent to do it within the city I'm living in, then it's uh, it'll be something that helps everyone around the world
1: love that patrick i mean sweden is known to be a missionary nation for many years of helping the world so this is great to to really see um what you're doing and and not just create a platform but actually create a sustainable impact with the companies and uh being in the forefront it's uh it's really great to hear i haven't seen i haven't heard many cities doing that so clearly that's um of one of the, at the forefront of creating that um uh, best practices and and system, hopefully that that will make a difference.
2: but the the thing is when when i I know a little bit about your story, and I'm sure you, people would like to hear a bit of background into what you were doing when you were fourteen because it's people like you that we we want to attract. Like what like as a fourteen years, I'll let you tell your own story quickly, so so sure. the listeners can get a a feed in, but it's people like you that we want in this city. So Manchester's very lucky to have you, but I'll let you share who you
1: are first. Sure, of course. Well, uh, at age of 14, um, I was working at a, as a machine-operated uh, family's factory. And um, at that age, I was start thinking, um, hey, w- what can I do next? What do I want to do with my life? Do I want to stay in with family business? Or do I want to go and explore the world and, and make a difference? And I actually decided to do that, to go and explore the journey. And rather than just uh, satisfy with the circumstances I had, I decided to... Um, Discover what's there. And um, at age of sixteen, I um, I left my my country. It's a beautiful uh, place in in the Pyrene Mountains. It's the Macedonian area of Bulgaria, um, in between the mountains, uh, natural springs, and sea. And um, I uh, I had to learn English very quickly within about um, twelve months. So I had to self prepare and um left high school even i didn't even graduate so at age of 16 i left and arrived in manchester i was the youngest at university so they even lost my luggage when i arrived and um, (laughs) i i I just i was just happy to have an accommodation i was lucky that 15 minutes before they closed the 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 site i managed to secure it and uh it it was a shocker for sure it was really a very difficult moment but also the best moment and uh There's, uh, of course, uh, many stories to tell you with cultural shock and uh, um, a famous one I'll tell you, you know. (laughs) The the first thing I did when I arrived, I went to the shop and uh, I said, you know what, I'm going to think big. I'm going to establish myself here and and I'm going to basically invite people. I'm going to host them. I'm going to, you know, really do great things. And that was in the first day. So the first thing I do I go to the shop and buy, you know, food and cutleries and uh, plates and you know and i said i'm gonna go big i'm gonna get a set of six yeah. so i'm going and i buy all this and i go to the counter and they told me 100 pounds which was extortionate in 1999 i mean imagine yeah. that that was like uh, probably a few hundred pounds now and i said i know uk is quite expensive but i didn't know the plates cost so much for six yeah. plates you know so i said i'm gonna have to put this on hold so i bought one <laughs> and wow. then I, I kept that and and one day one of the guys uh, that we lived in the in the shared accommodation and, and the university said why are you eating in that plate I said why this is my plate I was so proud of it this is I thought this is so so expensive I said no but this plate is actually for the wall this is the, this is this is the actually the the plate for the university you know this is the the promotional kind of I said wow well that's why it was so expensive because it was gold plated around the edges and it had the big logo of the university I was studying into
0: do you and, still
1: have uh, it? I still have it with the cuts of the knives, you know, you can see the, and I put it on the wall, but but you can see the marks of uh, my kind of <laughs> uh, usage of the plates. <laughs>
2: I love that story. But that's such a 16-year-old story, you know? Like, I'm, I'm going big, I'm going to get my own set of and Parks and Plates.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the, the, that's what inspired me later on when when I actually realized how, how tough it was to, to start helping a lot of young people like myself who wanted to discover the world, and, and uh, many of them, probably more than 30 of them or so personally, helped and, and come over with the university arranged scholarships you know for for about five hundred of them later on that that this rolled out so we've managed to do quite a lot of things but mainly be driven by my passion to help them and and I know how difficult it was and uh, that's how uh, the dream of uh, leader academy and the talent factory was born um which led to subsequently uh, acquiring the campuses um, you know, it's a long story and, and the the mountain campus, we call it, you know, the self-development and the growth island, Um, and, uh, it's always been a, a, a driven and passionate. It's never been about the the money. We didn't even have the money, you know, from thinking from the 20 square room of accommodation, which was a, one of the biggest one I can have at that time. I was really, uh, and, and both always thinking of what can we do? How, how can we help? And, uh, um, now, um, uh, being proud to, to kind of be surrounded with people like uh, Andre, Stoyan, George, uh, um, Elliot, great really leaders that actually care, and being able to progress and touch more than 3,000 um, young people that we can actually see their progress. And, and you know, that, that's a life purpose. That's a life cause. You know, how can we improve the well-being of the future, the future generations? Uh, create the environment where they can, uh, first of all, recharge, uh, and they can um, learn, share, and grow, and more importantly, being themselves, be accepted for who they are. And that's uh, one of the reasons we've um, uh, got inspired to start the leaders who care. is is exactly that to give stage to those yeah. leaders who are not professional podcast presenters or, or uh, video makers, but but to share their stories and 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 really to be an inspiration for the next generation to tell them what are the the obstacles what are the difficulties and and really to we're thinking of what is one thing that defines us and um, that is above all religion and and nations and um, we thought is care everybody responds to care regardless of where you come from and um, um, obviously we want to hear more about your uh, really activities in, in Especially the difficult situations, Patrick, because um, people see you as very successful and very accomplished and doing really cutting edge innovations. What you're doing right now is is amazing. Um, But also, uh, people don't have the chance to hear the the tough moments. How did you prevail? What is the most difficult situation where your care was put to the test?
2: Yeah. Yeah, just listen to you speak and the fact that you've helped 3,000 people, I mean that, don't forget when you help one person, you probably help 12 around them just over the next 12 months just by having a ripple of positivity. You've helped 3,000 people and when I hear you talk and I know your brother George, as I said, the only thing, I, I really need to meet your parents, I would love to meet your mother and find out how much love this great woman pour into you boys because it's amazing and um, but like yourself too, people, people do see the, they do see the, like I said, I got a Porsche. It was my dream to have a Porsche and people see the Porsche, but they don't see the hard work, the discipline. They don't see the sort of um, people laughing at your face when you tell them you're going to have a Porsche. You know, I had, I had uh, when I grew up, I had seen more car bombs yeah. than sports cars. There was no Porsches where I grew up. And when I told people I was going to have one before I was 30, they were, they thought it was completely nuts. And so whenever you set out on a path to to achieve something, then that path has to have one, it has to have one core element in it. And that element is you have to help people or you have to make life easier for people or save save people time in a way, in a a way that makes them take away some of their stresses and strains. And So every time I sit down at a meeting, every time I sit on a call, whatever I do, I always think to myself, what is it that I can do to help this person? Because if I can make life easier for the person across the table from me, then they will more than likely buy from me or use my services or contribute to whatever it is that I need. And if I can do that successfully, then they're more than likely to come back and buy it again or use the service again or whatever that is and therefore it always comes back to care and for me a leader is a, is a servant
1: yeah
2: it's it's all about being it's all about enabling others to do their job or to to overcome the challenge that they have and i'm working for a lady at the moment she's the ceo of of stockholm in um and she's the best leader i've ever seen and it's because she's a woman called Anna Gisler, and she cares about the city overall. Like holistically, she loves Stockholm. Yeah, She wants Stockholm to one. She wants them to be top on every sort of top 10 list that you can imagine. But when it comes down to the details about the city and what the buildings are and who, you know what the street is and things like that, she knows everything. But she always brings it back to the human being. She always enables people to do their job on their own terms and realizes that her way might not be the best way but she will give you the trust and the faith to understand is maybe your way is better. So go and do it. And she'll sort of guide guide people along the way. And so sometimes it's easier for me to look at other leaders and see where they go, right? Because wh- whenever you're leading yourself, sometimes you're, you're just working off intuition. You're working off best practice. You're working off things that you, you have done in the past, which were successful and helped you through. But the one core thing, about being a leader for me is you must care about the other people around you and enable them to be their best self on this day. And if you think about it, nearly every person that you meet is doing a great job. Like if you go to McDonald's at eight o'clock in the morning on a Saturday and you order something, they will get your order right. At nine, nearly every time out of a thousand. But it's the one time that someone gets it wrong, then people freak out and go mental at them. So what I do when people get it wrong for me, I'm always like, this is awesome that they, that they screwed up my order. Let's say I ordered a vegan burger and they sent me like a chicken burger. That's okay, man, because I know that you've got the other 999 rights. And if you're going to screw up, screw up on me, because you, people have problems in their life. They have uh, Their relationship might not be good. They could be hung over. They could be stressed. They could be sick. So for me, it's about seeing the individual, the people that you're working with, the people that's in your circle or, or, or which is in your environment and allowing them to, to shine and allowing them to mess up from time to time and caring about it when they do and not being, not, not going too high when they win and not going too, too low whenever they, they don't. So I think it's about seeing the individual and caring about where they are and, and why they're in the position they're in, good or bad.
1: That's amazing what you're saying. You know, it, uh, being sometimes actually mistakes could be the best thing that can that may have happened to your life. I always try to look at the positive. If something is happening, there's a reason for it. And it's, uh, you know, when you see it from that kind of uh, lenses, it it makes such a difference. Uh, I yeah. Tell us. I think so. Mm-hmm. Sorry, go ahead. I, know, I was just really, uh, you know, please finish your thought. I was really interested to kind of um take you through a situation or to share with us a really a tough one a, a situation where it was very difficult um for you personally you know to yeah. uh, where where your care was put to the test and, and the other thing is uh, what about self care you know does care meaning you 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 actually how how do you make it sustainable it's my question rather than just yeah. do one one off or, or just for a short while
2: yeah the, the the first answer to the first one is like how, how do i um overcome t- tough situations <clears throat> I, I come up against a lot actually and and, I'm, and, I, and it always comes back to the same thing whenever i whenever i fit a fit, fit sit, face a situation which is not feeling so good or it's outside my comfort zone or whatever i always bring it back to the thing that life is not happening to me it's happening for me so i have now been trusted i have passed the other levels and therefore i'm going to be confronted with bigger and bigger challenges and the challenge or the the thing that i'm facing today, which is putting me outside of my comfort zone is here to make me stronger and for me to overcome it it's not there for me to feel sorry for myself and blame Mm -hmm. the world and think that the world is a bad place so that's at the very core of what i do and i i've got this thing where i say i always say whenever i pray i say god if you give me a chance to do the small thing and i do it well can you give me the chance then to do the big thing so i know god's throwing all these small challenges at me and and as i overcome the small challenges i get bigger challenges and with bigger challenges comes bigger rewards as well like i live a really i live a really good life and um and i do see the, i do see the trade off between um overcoming challenges and getting reward back and meeting great people like you and stoyan and andre and the guys at the same time i have to care for myself i mean i for for me mm-hmm. to give out love i must have love within me and yeah. i i believe it's like a cup if the cup is if the when the cup is completely depleted and empty i have nothing to give So what I must do first is I have very, I have very um, strong habits and practices, which I, which I perform. So before I come on the call today, I was, I was actually doing breathing exercises. Mm -hmm. Um, I was holding my breath for three and a half minutes, things that alkalinize my body and make me feel energized and strong. I was also doing a meditation before I came on, just before we all came in, we, we, we said a blessing and a prayer. So it's all about making sure that and the other thing is, I always stretch in the morning. So I always wake up my 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 body by stretching and loosening it out, and letting sure the nutrients are flowing through my spine. At the same time, I'm always like getting my heart, my spirit, my mind in, in a positive way, so that whenever these challenges do come at me in the day, it's I'm, I'm more of an oil tanker than a dinghy. Because if a wave hits an oil tanker, it just laps up against it. But if the <laughs> wave hits a dinghy, it's gonna, you're you're out of the boat. Yeah, and now and that's the analogy I look at. Like, what today when the wave comes, it should lap up against me. You know, it it should hit me, and I should deal with it, but it shouldn't like throw me off track for the next six months or whatever.
1: No, very helpful. These these are actually practical tools, and I have actually speaking to many different leaders, and every one of them has a morning discipline or more morning kind of um, exercises or or. Things they do. And what's yours? What what I do in the morning is, uh, well, first of all, I, um, I actually prepare by having my own time, having the coffee, having a good breakfast. And um, I uh, spend it with my son in the morning, just having our kind of breakfast together and just talk about uh, the day when, when it's possible. I'm getting much better with him now. Um, because it's very, having that kind of, for example, this morning was an amazing start with him. You know, we had a chance to get up early enough so we can, um, have breakfast together. When we actually have a uh, more time, we go for a walk in a beautiful, uh, you know, near what you, your favorite place near Old Trafford is a beautiful, like water canals that yeah. were, <laughs> that we go for a walk and, uh, get that kind of exercise, but not always possible. but. Um, uh, after that, I kind of, um, when I drop him off at school, I do the training workout, and um, I get ready for, for the day. Do you do any
2: mixed martial arts or anything along the sort of, like your brother? Are you involved in any jiu-jitsu or anything like that?
1: Um, I, I'm not uh, involved but yet, but uh, I have been to a few jiu-jitsu kind of uh, uh, lessons and practices. And uh, uh, I kind of been involved in a number of sports. But um, uh, Judo is another one that uh, my son practices and sometimes I kind of I'm thinking maybe I should start a, a lesson together with him, either Judo or Jiu-Jitsu. So <laughs> I'm yeah. more uh, training, working out, workout every, every day. I'm more of a, a street fitness kind of uh, like the anesthetics. That yeah. is my kind of uh, thing. Here. But I, I do like martial arts too.
2: It's great. Yeah. Um, well, I can ask you this question because I need to know because I know that there's so sure. much care and compassion and love within you. What is what is the best advice that your grandmother ever gave you?
1: Hmm. Um, my grandmother. My <laughs> my my grandmother said something very interesting that I'll never forget. She said, "Don't leave your father."
2: Don't leave your father.
1: Because that was my grandmother from my father. I said, "What do you mean?" Because I was about to leave. Um, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and come to the UK and that made me think what she meant is don't leave your family yeah. never leave your family no matter how difficult it is it's your family especially um, your parents your, whoever you, you marry and, and you, you create a, a children regardless of how the relationship goes um, th- that is the best always take care of your family don't ignore them they're the most important client you ever have.
2: Yeah, great advice. And, and for me, it's interesting that you said, because when most people answer that, they answer it from their mother's side. They always come down from the, their mother's mother. And, and it's great that you have said it from your father's mother.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I, I actually like to ask them this kind of wisdom. What is one wisdom you could share with us? And... and um. Normally, what I do, my practice is, I don't take advices from people that haven't done what I I feel inspired about or I want to do, um, because a lot of people um, might give you some sort of advice, but they may not be expert in it, and it's not to blame them. You just need to know where to ask yeah. and uh, find out, do a bit of research, who has done what, you, what or solved the problem that you you have, and always start solving it yourself first, if, because. This is like if you don't try to attempt to solve it yourself. When you go to the math teacher and said uh, to the math teacher, "Can you help me solve this task, you know, or, or this equation?" And she'll look at you and okay, she might. But if you said, "You know what? I actually spent half an hour, or one hour, one day trying to solve this, and I've got to this this far, but I just don't know what, what to do right now here. Can you help me?" It it sounds a lot greater and better, and also more rewarding for you to kind of attempt to solve it yourself. Second thing, if, if you can't do it, um, work out all, find all the books. There's a lot of books and materials that people have done it. There was a lot of wisdom. Um, you just need to look for it, do the research. And then uh, the third thing, if, you can't, if the books don't help you, go and find a, a person, someone like you, Patrick. You actually can tell him a lot of really wisdom and say, you know what? I have done X, Y, and Z, done all the books, done everything. What am I missing? What is one thing? And, and th- that, that kind of moment is a process, is a system that, that I, I deploy and apply. Um, and of course, I had many different, many difficult situations, which I don't know the answer of. And, and the point was, you said something very good and very important. Start with yourself. Take responsibility. If, if you're not happy with something that is happening to you or your life, it's no one else's um, responsibility. It's yours. So you need to say, hey, what am I doing? Who do I need to become in order to um, get what I want? So you have gotta kind of say, you know what? If I want more, I need to do more. You, I need to earn it. Simple as that. If, and that that's what I, I started to apply. And sometimes it's tough because um, that may require changing certain things within you. And 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 of course we know that from the first seven years of of. of um the when a child is born is the best years to form that kind of uh ha, um uh, neuropathical way and and really they form the brain so whatever that's why what they say the first seven years are so important yeah. they, they they really stay with you for a long time then the seven to fourteen, of course you can still evolve and change and after fourteen is very difficult final final train till twenty and then after twenty, any changes you do. It's tough and painful, but it's possible. I'm convinced yeah. that anyone can change, even at the age of whatever, 70, 80, I've seen that. So, um, But just be prepared for the consequences and be prepared that, uh, for the journey that yeah. uh, it won't happen. And don't give up if you're really determined.
2: And just to back up your point, the best way to, to change and the easiest way to change is to look at who you're around. You are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. So Absolutely. if you're if you're hanging around with five millionaires, you will be the sixth. And just think about it; these people have they have done it before. They have access to the finance, they know the path, and they will back you. So just by being around people, if that's your goal to be a millionaire, if you're hanging around with other millionaires, you'll be it. If you're hanging around with five people who smoke dope all day and eat pizza at night, you're you're going to get fat and you're going to lose your job eventually and end up broke. So they're very extreme examples, I know, but what Marian says it's spot on you know you you can change you can be better and the easiest way to change is to make sure that your environment is conducive to what you want to become
1: amazing we have one question here uh, Patrick we wanted to ask you and this is uh, uh, someone that actually knows you and respects and know your rituals and how much uh, uh, you actually do and he's asking a question here um, how much emphasis do you put in religion? Basically, does faith play a significant part in your achievements? Uh, for
2: me, it's my it's my most fundamental thing. Actually, my, I I grew up as a, an Irish Catholic in Northern Ireland, and I had a very I had a grandma. My mother's mother was very strong in faith, and my father's father was very strong in faith. And yeah. for some reason, I've been able to, I've been blessed with the same strong faith. And I always wear a, a rosary around my neck. People mm-hmm. don't really know that. And I always I go to mass almost every Sunday. Um, for me, it's it's something that's it's almost like filling up my cup with with self love, and it's almost like turning down the world around me whenever whenever yeah. I pray and whenever I give gratitude and whenever I go to church. But I love I love all the faiths actually. I I, I when I, I love going into the mosques when I'm in the Middle East. I was recently. I'm all I'm half half the year spent going through the world, but I I also love the the, the different um, temples and wherever I go, I always go to the place of worship and I go there with with a very open heart and a very um, humble approach to it because I know that whenever you stri- strip away all the different rel- religions, they all have the same message and it's basically love thy neighbor as thyself, basically which is care for others around you, which is the title of this entire podcast that we're doing and i have to say like so last week i went to mykonos for the for the mm-hmm. summer for the for the, the autumn equinox yeah and i went to the temples of acropolis and the, the, the all, all those things and every time i leave a temple i will always say i'll always say the same thing like thank you god for allowing me to come here and please let me come back here again in the future with my family health perfectly healthy abundantly wealthy and filled with love and it's just a blessing, and I always believe that because of my strong faith and the religion that I have, I've been sort of given like a a cheat sheet into achieving in life because believing in the higher power gives you something else. And and I and the people who don't, I respect, I completely respect it as well. And I, but for me, that's what works. So thanks for your your question, Eric. Great,
1: uh, Patrick. What do you think we can do or need to do to spread the care culture? Uh, so my,
2: when I leave home each day, there's a thing in my mind, and it comes back to Gandhi. Gandhi was, is one of my heroes, and he said, be the change you want to see in the world. And yeah. basically what that means is I want to be the change I want to see in my world. I can't change the fact that there was a bomb in Afghanistan or an earthquake in New Zealand. And I, I actually don't need to know about it either because it, mm-hmm. it's outside, it would only bring me stress and it'll bring my frequency down. But if something happens as I'm walking through the city or through the, my world, I have a direct impact on that and I can fix it or enhance it or make it better. And so I always try to be kind to every person I meet. And 99 days in 100, I am kind. And then one day in 100, I'm an asshole. And... <laughs> The, the truth is this, it's just how it is. I, there's three days, there's three occasions in the in a year where I will meet someone and a, there will be a conflict. And I am from a background of conflict, so I do have it in me and I can respond in that way. And I'm, I'm okay with it. I have made my peace with the fact that there's certain days in a year where I will be an asshole. And as long as I know that the other 3,000 people that I have met across the year have, have had a positive experience from meeting me. I, I think everything is perfect and that these three needed a, a negative experience and those other 3,000 needed a positive experience. So maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong, but it's how my life is.
1: No, thank you for sharing that because it, without a doubt, we all have um, strengths and we all have weaknesses. We have highs and lows. We are humans after all. And uh, mm. um. How do you self care how do you really kind of get this uh, uh three hundred days in in the year uh, or more than three more than three hundred days yeah. three days you said from the year yeah. three after days <laughs> um, no, i this. i
2: i i can i see this two ways i see that there's there's the habits that I do and there's yeah. the ways that I have been able to fill up my own cup with love and i think it's it's the things like i go to mass. I do meditate, I do pray, I do want I genuinely want people to win in life. And I yeah. think that the more good intentions I have and the more goodness that I really genuinely feel for others, then the more it helps me be a better person and to understand people better. At the same time, I I, I can't I can't say that I've ever suffered from depression or anxiety or you know, things like that. I don't, I don't have those built into my makeup. I, and, I, and I really feel, I, I, I have to feel empathy for the people who do, even though I can't relate to it. And I think that if you have those things, it must make it more difficult. From what I do know is that depression is whenever you're living in the, the, the past, maybe you said or did something and you regret it. And therefore it's given you a sense of, you know, depression. Anxiety is when you're living in the future and you're worried about an exam or the boss or something that's coming down the line and therefore you're suffering. And I think maybe the reason I've never suffered from both is, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's my habits, maybe it's my faith. I've always tried to live in the present and I've always tried to go to bed in a happy state of mind. And, I've, and, I, and I do actually always wake up in a happy, I'm a morning person. And I try to build on the happiness that I wake up with naturally. And, and I, I do see it as a wheel as well. I think when a wheel starts to spin in a positive way, whenever, whenever you had a, a bump, it just, okay, it's a bump, but you, you continue over. But I think that you must continue to work on spinning a positive wheel because if you let it slow down too much, then it might stop. And then when it, it stops and you had a negative start part of your life, it can actually start to spin in a negative way. Mm-hmm. And then it's the same thing. It's very hard to stop a negative wheel from spinning in the wrong way. So it's an analogy that I have in my mind that I must always keep the keep pushing forward with a, in a positive frame of mind and keep the positive wheel spinning because it's very hard to get the wheel to go back without a lot of effort if it's going in the right way.
1: You know, my my wife says, uh, and, and she's such a great uh, carer, by the way, you know, I won't be the man I am without her. And uh, she says, um, "Good attracts good. It's uh, the more good you do uh, to yourself, to the people around you, the more it comes your way." Yeah, and it and goes the same for 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 the opposite as well. Yeah. So I think uh, really yeah, that's that's very kind of you, said Patrick. What inspires you? You know, what are the things that really excite you? What inspires? my life is very
2: simple actually i what well, i i'm inspired by nature like i love trees and i love being around um i love being around the water i love being around the beach or a lake i i love i really love the very simple things in life uh, my my diet is very basic and things like that i i eat and i'm not really so much into fancy things i i've i think i've because i've had all the fancy things that i can have i i realized that there was a there's a sense of shallowness in it and the things that inspire me now is the ability to have a a home beside beside a beside water which is covered by trees and mm-hmm. which is so i this is what i work for i work for a standard of living which is actually at a, a, a level which is very basic and very much going back to where people lived 100 years ago You know, and at the same time, I'm inspired about having providing for my family. I grew up quite poor, actually, and everyone in my area was poor, and so I knew I can get by quite easy and quite lightly. But what what I don't want is I don't want my kids to be poor, so I work for that motivation. So, I I, this year, I I as I said, I like Porsche because I was poor. I wanted the best car I could imagine. And my wife's grown up when she wanted a Range Rover. So this year I bought her a brand new 2020 Range Rover. And I don't have any car. I just take the Tonabana or walk or cycle or whatever. But when I buy her a Range Rover, and what I'm buying her really is safety. Because we live in Stockholm. And if anything happens to her or my future kids or anything, I want her to be able to push the button on that car and it starts and it goes through the snow and gets them to the hospital or gets them to wherever they need to go. Yeah. So again, even though it looks fancy from the outside or sounds fancy, it's actually very much, I'm inspired by very basic sort of desires of yeah. if something goes wrong, I want, to, I want to be able to provide the solution for this Absolutely. lady and for my kids.
1: You know, amazing. Someone said to me, um, if you want to help the world with peace and prosperity, start with yourself, your kids and family. So what you're saying is you you're building generational wealth, uh, Patrick. You know by investing in your children. And what better than that? It's not about our well-being right now, personal well-being, or in the next uh, six months or a year. That that may not be the the best. But if you know you're doing it for much greater thing beyond you, to help generations to come, to help your kids to improve. I mean that's um, that's amazing. It's what better to see your kids to do better than you are. To learn from your shortfalls and blind spots and to embrace further from your strengths
2: absolutely and there's Beautiful. no better example of that than you the guy who at are 14 14 years old people decided he was going to go to a foreign country a foreign language foreign schools foreign universities buy plates Six
1: pack of plates. <laughs> Well, I don't know. It's not me. I, I also, you know, I, I'm just an instrument in God's hands and uh, I know I'm here to serve and, and do the, the best I can. Of course, um, I do make mistakes like a lot of people, but, uh, I, I learn from it and I try to, to self-improve continuously. Sometimes it's a tough one, you know, it's an uphill, but, um, you know, I want to change the attitude and say, you know what, that's the best thing that is happening to me, then you know, it makes a difference and um, it's a a great journey, you know what we're on this um, planet and uh, every day is a gift, so um, let's make the best of it, We don't don't leave anything for tomorrow if you can do it today don't leave an act of kindness for tomorrow if you can do it today you know Try it. Yeah, I think I just encourage people to try it. It, it feels good. You know, it makes a difference.
2: I, I, can, I can make it more specific. People listening, if you can do this today, and if you can do it for three days in a row, you're going, someone is going to serve you in a shop, in a pub, in a restaurant. Find something to compliment them on and, and leave it as a genuine compliment. So people compliment them on their glasses compliment them on their hair on their shoes or the fact that they've done a good job it didn't screw it up whenever you got put in your order or they scanned your your milk and your butter and you'd be surprised at how much an impact it makes on them and how much they will remember you when you come back in six months time because so few people leave that that sort of that pebble that, that you sort of drop in the lake and it resonates out with all these ripples around the world and 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 that compliment can actually send that person home to their family in a good mood, and make their family life better because they felt valued when they were at work by some stranger who just said they they liked their glasses. So it's it's so small, and if you do for three days in a row, I promise you you'll you'll even feel better because giving is a gift. Like and this I was just talking to a colleague today. I said I want to buy you lunch, since she goes, oh no, just just join me for lunch, and I said no, but if you're my friend. I want, I ever. I have a rule. If I go out for lunch with someone, I always buy them lunch. And they're like, but, but she goes, that's very generous. I says, it's actually not because although I, I'm giving you my time, which is more effort. And I would rather no. buy you the gift. And if by you accepting the gift, you're allowing me the gift of giving. If you deny me buying you lunch and you want to buy it, like we just buy our own, you're denying me the gift of giving and you get a free lunch, but I also get the gift of giving. And it's a small yeah. thing, you know,
1: No, thank you for that. That's really uh, so important to pay attention to those little things. Start with small things, as you said, but be genuine, as you said, and take care to the person, to the left of you, to the right of you. And um, uh, that's how we can start, with small, little things. Well, thank you for that, but that means a lot. I think it's just we can show people and and encourage them that, to try it out and see how it feels for sure great one uh last question to wrap it up um what, what what's your vision for a better world what, what you know if you had no limits or what do you dream of uh, i think I think the world is
2: the average of all of us, and what what I would like people to think about is how can they what what action what one action that they can take each day that that will contribute to making their world better because if we all look at the world as our world and the world that we impact each day as our world as opposed to the world which is almost too big and too much to change but if we all show kindness to the people that we meet on a daily basis as much as possible maybe you have nine days a year where you can be an asshole that's okay as long as you're actively registering it and going, okay, maybe I can get that down to six or three or two. Um, But I, I think if I have a vision, if I could, if I could have a magic wand, I would get everyone to start looking at their own world and trying to make that a better place, trying to have less of an impact on their environment, trying to have a more positive sort of holistic giving and caring approach to the people they meet. Then everything changes overnight for the entire planet anyway. Because all of a sudden, all the problems are gone. All the greed, jealousy, anger, and fear disappears. And and then we have a more sharing, caring, and compassionate environment for all of us. And th- that's the thing I'm always preaching to people. Think about your world. Don't, don't turn on the news. That thing that happened in Afghanistan is none of your business. You can't help it. You don't know any of the story behind it. Or you don't know what's going to happen next.
1: I know someone who can help it. what I'm saying there is a person that that can help this kind of problem but but may not be you so just um, thank you so much this is means you kind of explain such a complex thing the world into a small steps that we can take for ourselves yeah of course and basically do all the things we can every day
2: be, be the change you want to see in the world like do it for the people that's around you be being nicer to the people that you meet, and um, if, if they're rude to you, just try and take the take the sort of the moral high ground. And three times a year, then sharpen your teeth and snap back at them. And be, you know, you know, don't, you're not a mug either. I'm not. I don't think people are. I think people need access to their beast, but I don't think you need to control your beast that's, that lives in you, and it lives in all of us. And um, I, I'm not one of. These, I'm not. One of these people who I, I know we we all live in cities, most of us, and there's challenges of cities and you're meeting people who are silly in cities. Number one, try and take the moral high ground. If you're, if you're, if they're being silly and number two, worst case scenario, don't, don't feel too bad or don't beat yourself up too much if you do react in a negative way, but just try and measure it and see, you know, how often am I actually being an idiot or am I out of control? And if I am, what is the reason for that? And try and sort of contain it so for me it's three times a year you know and I'm like damn it man and every time it doesn't it doesn't make me feel good but at least I'm like there was a reason for it I'm never I'm never the instigator of being an idiot
1: it's always (laughs) a response great Patrick um, thank you so very much for your uh, time and uh, for sharing with us all of your um, well a lot of the things that you that work for you It's been beautiful. Thank you so much, brother. I love it. Thank you so much, Marianne. You're a beautiful soul, and I look forward to
2: meeting you in person again soon. Likewise.
0: Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Find out more about the Leaders Who Care across the main social media channels and help us spread the care culture in your own community, first by taking care of yourself and then of others around you. It all starts with one person, one act of kindness. What is one thing you can do today to make your environment better? Stay inspired and stay caring. See you next time.